Welcome to the 21st episode of the Sunday Vibe Reset. And in this show, we love to look at the little things in this week that have really, you know, upped our game, put us in a good mood and share them with you. So Athena, what have you found this week to, you know, put a positive spin on our lives? Well, again, I'll go back to my specialty, which is, I'm not sure if this is wholesome, but it's definitely odd. Um, so we all know Prince William, the Duke of Cambridge. Uh, I'm sure he has some big stuff going on in his agenda at the moment. And yet he still found the time to be designated as the sexiest bald man in the world. This was the result of a study that counted how many times a bald celebrity was described as sexy on the internet. And he got called sexy 17.6 million times. I have 17.6 million questions. Wow, that's... Um, I've, I don't know what I was expecting you to come out with this week, but you've really blown my socks off of that. <laughs> I is this serious I think it is and what I liked about the article that I read about this was that it described him as Kate Middleton's husband <laughs> yeah and the, that's even better. and the second sexiest bald man in the world was Mike Tyson yeah I'm just trying to think of um, bald men and Pretty much every every bald man I can think of is sexier, but um, you know, sometimes you, sometimes people surprise you. Everyone's into different things. I clearly have a very very different perception to the rest of the country. Um, yeah, I say I'm quite surprised, and uh, this has led to some arguments on social media by people yeah, no defending <laughs> their favourite bald man against <laughs> Prince William. The I defend Greg Wallace in this. Um, <laughs> it's a difficult argument to pull for Greg Wallace being sexy, but um, you know, there's there's always an argument to have. Who's your who's your favourite bald man? <laughs> Who really gets you going? <laughs> yeah, I think I'd say like someone like obviously no offence to the royal family, but someone who's actually considered to be good looking. Yeah. See, there's a lot going on in the royal family at the moment, and it's quite rare that their dashing good looks comes up in the news. So it's good to see them branching out into something new. Very nice. Talking about bold individuals and living things, the population of American bald eagles, which used to be on the brink of extinction, has quadrupled since 2009, which the real question here is, who named them? bald eagles were they i'm pretty sure it's the australian because you know we've already discussed their skills at giving things names but also what happened yeah yeah the bald eagle is i mean good news for them they've definitely had a wonderful week from the sounds of things maybe even a wonderful year but yeah you make an excellent point fundamentally on the name uh it's a bit of an insult isn't it it's something that's meant to be such a symbol of uh freedom and majesty to give them the name like Bald Eagle is very Australian. Can I just say that that's the smoothest transition we have ever had on this show? <laughs> yeah, I don't think we can ever top this. Anyway, I'd like to move us just one step away from the baldness. You know, we don't want to get too stuck in a theme here. And I'd like to go to a man in a hat. Specifically, 
everyone's favourite, an Australian man in a hat. And he's this guy, uh, Tom Dewey, known as Gordy to his friends, has done a pretty incredible thing this, uh, this COVID lockdown. Like, we've all been following our lockdowns. We've tried to do new things. I tried to learn French, tried to get really good at snake. And can I say, my snake has gone through the ceiling. Wonderful. <laughs> but he's done something a little bit more adventurous. And he's going to skateboard 4,000 kilometres across Australia from Melbourne to Cannes, which sounds like a long way, uh, but it didn't sound like a long way to him. And he's been quoted as saying, I didn't realise Australia was so big. Um, and this is a pretty incredible like thing to do. He's averaging 70 kilometres a day, um, which is incredible. But quite a lot of Australia is not even paved, so he can't use his skateboard and has to walk. So he's walking more than marathons and then in the gaps, skateboarding along, meeting the Australians on the way, just having a good time. <laughs> I think I think the Australian news are definitely taking over this show and it might just be all for the best, you know, because, well, that's definitely something. But also, you know, I think it could be quite nice, quite a road trip. It should be sunny. Definitely couldn't do that in England because well, it would struggle, rain. Struggle to go 4,000 kilometres in England. And the attitude behind it, it's, it is just unbelievably Australian. He was a bit bored of lockdown. This was a little while ago he started. So he just quit his job and thought, I need to find something to do. Gave this a go. And when asked what he's going to do at the end... He said, well, first he's going to throw a massive, massive party. Not my words, his direct quote. And uh, then get a foot massage. Well, parties are legal in Australia, so I guess good for him. But also, is he just going to sit down during this party if he doesn't get the foot massage first? Yeah, maybe he's not really thought about this, has he? I mean, he's had plenty of time to think about it as well. Yeah, maybe the foot massage first. Although I've never had a pre-night out foot massage, I don't think it would be particularly uh, beneficial. It's not the best way to get you in the mood, is it? Maybe it's a foot massage party. Just get oh. every guest gets a foot massage. That's creative. We should write him a letter. Talking about parties, I think as a British man, you will be proud to hear that London has beaten Dublin, Amsterdam and Prague to the title of Europe's widest party city. Uh, this has been calculated with how many casinos and hotels and concerts and nightlight facilities such as clubs and restaurants and bars and pubs uh, were in the city but obviously if you count pubs of course London was going to come first yeah pub will definitely skew it a bit won't they quite quite right though the second one is Paris um, bit surprising we don't have as many clubs uh, we definitely make up for that with restaurants. Yeah, this is brilliant. We're doing proper journalism now. Athena, you're on the ground in Paris. How do you feel about this ranking? Well, it's not like we've been to a few restaurants these days. Um, but yeah, definitely well-deserved. I think Paris can be can be quite a sesh when it wants to. Um, but yeah, shout out to London, just in time for the reopening of Beer Gardens soon. Anyway, 
You gave a beautiful transition earlier with the whole boldness theme, and I'd like to undo all of the good work you've done there and move directly into a new fun game. You excited? And terrified. So, when I was doing my scouring of the internet this week, I found a Newsland article. It's where all my best content comes from, to be honest. All week, every week. Yeah. And they were talking about everyone's favourite loser story of the week, which is, of course, the ship Ever Given, which is a rubbish name. Why do ships have rubbish names these days? It's no jammy dodger or whatever, is it? But talking about that, and they put in a few little mega ship facts, and we're going to see how well you know your mega ships. Oh, dear. So, how many... African elephants would weigh the same as a megaship, such as Ever Given, which is currently straddling the sewers. Oh dear, uh, I'm not even sure how much an elephant weighs. Well, see, there's two parts to this question, really, aren't there? A hundred? Three hundred and twenty-eight African elephants would weigh the same as this quarter of a mile long ship. <laughs> Interpret that how you want. How many Brooklyn bridges would weigh the same as a megaship? The fact that you're an architecture student is showing quite strongly. No, um, not, not my facts. News round. So, you know, it's a trusted source. <laughs> 50 times? 15. See, difficult week, this quiz, isn't it? Very and, difficult. And finally... This is a stat that you don't hear often, but if you were to put all of the containers on a train, so I don't know if this means end-to-end or if they literally mean to put it on a train, how many miles would you cover if you put every container that's currently at 45 degrees to the Suez Canal? And you got mad at me last week. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm just sort of getting my revenge, aren't I? Yeah, true. Um, Oh, dear. I don't like talking about miles either because I was raised with kilometers. Ah, well, this is an education for you then. (laughs) You always learn something on this show. 40? 70. 70 miles. Yeah. So there you go. We've all learned some very, very useful facts there, I'm sure. And I think that maybe maybe Evergiven is the obvious loser of the week. Uh, However, we're going to skip all of the winners of the week because it's just been a week like that. And we, we can't always be happy on this show, can we? So I'd like to announce that the real loser of this week, in fact, is everyone. Alex, are you sure you've got the right idea about what this show is about? No, no, no. I, I'd love to be positive. However, I've discovered some terrible, terrible news, which I think will affect us all in a terrible, terrible way. I'm going to say some words and they describe a product that shouldn't exist. Right. And it is Wagamama Katsu Curry Smoothie. This is the end of humanity as we know it. Would you like to hear the ingredients list? I mean, you don't want to, but I'm going but to tell you anyway. Go ahead. Apple, bananas, pineapple, Katsu Curry sauce. And they're trying to sell this to a market and make money. Do they not know how human 
taste buds work? I don't know, but I do like all of the things in it. So I can see where they're coming from. As might be implied, my opinion of this product is pretty low. But all of the profits are going to the charity Young Minds. So you can't really put it down too far. And I am sort of tempted to have a go. I think we have a competitor for Tabasco's place when we play shop roulette. Katsu Curry Smoothie does sort of sound like something you'd have to drink at an initiation, doesn't it? Well, you know what? After hearing about such a, let's say, horrendous product, I want mm. to bring your attention on something that everybody likes to eat. It's a French baguette. Oh, yes, of course. Speciality. Tell us all, more. Tell us all about it. Well, first of all, I was quite surprised, as our number of the week, to hear that there's only 10 millions of them being eaten by the French every year. Wow, that's almost double the number of Tunnock's biscuits we eat. <laughs> but also, that's just, that doesn't seem right. There's 67 million of us, I think. Yeah, whenever I go to France and I see the, um, the French people cycling down the street with the baguettes in their bicycles. Um, and the beret and the striped top. Yeah, I, with the onion rings, of course. I am um, not onion rings. <laughs> That's not what they are. Um, I, always, I always assume they'd eat more than 10 million baguettes. So there you go, good number. Well, furthermore, this iconic baguette has been nominated by its origin country to be added to the United Nations Intangible Cultural Heritage Register. Will this imply that if I was to cook a baguette in Bath, I wouldn't be allowed to call it a baguette and I'd have to call it like a, a lengthy bake? I'm not sure. Um, mm. I think it's mostly to, you know, recognise it as part of humanity's heritage that we all share. Mm. I like this because there, it implies that there's some people that wouldn't associate the baguette with France and it needs to be officially recognised that it is French. Talking about good stuff that's happening in France, there's a company here that is recycling disposable masks into rulers for pupils. So, And they were already known for recycling all clothes into clothes hangers. No, oh, that's awesome. I... I mean, masks are definitely going to be like a big problem, aren't they? And rulers, kids keep breaking them. I mean, I remember being at school, every ruler would have that little wobbly edge, completely unusable. We need new rulers. We need less masks. I, uh, I really back this. Good idea. I mean, I'd say we still need quite a few masks, but... Ah, but once they're done, they're done, aren't they? Yeah, hopefully. This week, we've also got the announcement that David's Attenborough's new documentary, Life in Colour, is going to premiere on Netflix on April the 22nd for Earth Day. April the 22nd. That's, you know, we'll be able to do organised sport, watch David Attenborough. You can have a normal weekend. It's incredible. Amazing. What a time to be alive. GameStop investors on the popular subreddit Wall Street Bets have raised almost $400,000 for a gorilla fund in less than a week. Is this is a gorilla fund the type of fund, or is this a fund for like the wildlife gorilla? Because I never know. No, it's for the gorillas. Sorry, should oh, have made that clear. That's great then. Yeah, 
it's such a bizarre story, this. It's one that just keeps on giving, isn't it? I never really know where, where we are on this, but if that's what's happening, that's good. I don't understand it, but that sounds good. Well, let me sum it up in words that I'm sure you'll understand. Wall Street equals losers of the week. Mm, there we go. I understood that. <laughs> still, still a week of only losers. Apart from maybe, maybe we could give the gorillas. Maybe they're the winner. All right. A winner then. The NHS charity. Uh, there was a Banksy painting of a young boy that was playing with a superhero nurse doll. And it has oh, yeah. been sold at an auction sale. And it raised more than £16 million for the NHS charity. Yeah, excellent. I remember this coming out. It was uh, good old Banksy, you know, we need him. He comes up quite a lot in this show, doesn't he, really? He really plays his part. He's really he's really an interesting character of this country. Well, I wonder what his character's like. Right. Um, another candidate to wholesome person of the week other than Banksy um, it's these nine girls from Ecuador they're aged between 7 and 14 and they've just made history in their country after suing and winning against an old company that's contaminating their ancestral land. Pretty awesome we don't get that much. I'd be very very happy to give them the award over Banksy. I feel Banksy gets a bit of recognition himself doesn't he? Mm, yeah. Uh, and this is this is a pretty impressive thing. Hats off. I don't think I could do that. Especially not aged seven to fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. Seven to fourteen is younger than they normally go with when they're trying to like describe how incredibly young someone who's done something incredible is. <laughs> seven to fourteen, you don't get that much. Final good news. A report shows that by twenty twenty five, the decline of meat consumption in Europe will remove as much CO2 emissions from the atmosphere as Japan emits in a year. Yeah, there you go. And you get to have a nice little tasty bit of falafel. Um, you know, there's no food that just sits better in any situation in falafel. You can have a meal of falafel, you can have a snack of falafel. You know, just put falafel in a bag and call it crisps. You're solid. <laughs> I don't really know why I said that, but I, I stand by it. It's true. A big falafel advocate. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think it's a good note to end our listeners to with the tweet of the week. Oh, yes. Very, very exciting times. Look forward to hearing this. What have you fished around for? Imagine being the captain of the first ship that passed through the Suez after it gets unblocked and knowing that you have the potential to do the funniest thing that anyone has ever done. Oh, yeah, there's a reason that I'm not trusted to drive the big ship. <laughs> <laughs> like, once the boat gets moved, I bet all of the captains are going to have a big celebration. Um, maybe they won't be in any fit state to drive the boats. Maybe that'll be the next holdup, is that everyone has to wait for, like, a day. <laughs> everyone will be celebrating, apart from the captain, who had to go around the south of Africa to try to get to Europe and America in time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's like, maybe I bet they're loving this. It's like the good old days of being pirates, isn't it? <laughs> I bet that, you know, driving a boat along the Suez Canal is like motorway driving. It's just boring. You don't like it. But, you know, 
going around the Cape of Good Hope, you're having a good time, having a little boogie. It'd be amazing. <laughs> Change of scene, isn't it? Get to see more things. Well, yeah, that's um, that's something to leave us on for the 21st episode of the Sunday Vibe Reset. And we'll try and see you next week. <laughs>